Welcome to Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracts Incorporated. Our mission is to take the Word of God to all the world. Our Bible teacher today is Evangelist Micah McCurry. Since 1938, Bible Tracts Incorporated has been publishing clear gospel tracts and supplying them to churches and individuals all over the world and all at no charge. Information on how you can receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks will be given at the end of this broadcast. And now for our Bible study, here is Evangelist Micah McCurry. Hey friend, I'm Micah McCurry. This is Bible Tract Echoes, and I want to thank you so much for ending your week with me right here on this program. Yesterday, we began the story of Don Price, a story that is told with a gospel plea in the gospel tract I hold in my hand right now called Transformed. As always, you can get this gospel tract for free on our website, BibleTractsInc.org. That's BibleTractsInc.org. Countless people have come to Christ as a result of this story. You are going to get to hear the second half of the story today. If you missed the first half, don't worry, don't go anywhere, but you can go back and listen to that first half anywhere that you play your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those types of places. You can also watch the video version. There is a video component on YouTube as well. You search for Bible Tracks Incorporated. But right now, we're going to pick up the story. Don Price is sitting in prison. And across the way, there's a prisoner who's reading a Bible. And Don Price wants none of it. He's happy, or so he thinks, living in sin. And so now, we're going to dive into this story, tune your ears. Something that's said today could very well change your life. Now, the worst punishment that I thought a man could receive was there was an old black man across from me who was reading a Gideon Bible out loud. I didn't know who the Gideons were, and I didn't care. And I didn't go to prison to hear the Bible read. And so I expressed to him what I thought about that. Most of the vocabulary that I used on him, I lost a number of years ago. But in essence, I said to him, if you wanted religion, why didn't you get on the outside? You did not have to come to prison to get it. And maybe some of us don't want to hear that Bible read, so why don't you just read to yourself? That didn't stop him. He said, Price, here's one for you. I said, I don't want to hear it. He said, here it is. He that sows to the wind shall reap a whirlwind. I couldn't deny that. And then he told me something happened in his life as he read the Bible. And I said, I can't see it. You're in a six by six cell like I am, sleeping on a 14 inch board like I am, kicking the rats off in your body trying to sleep like I am, catching cockroaches to teach them to race in your cell like I am. What has God done for you? He said, Price, it's on the inside. He said, if it happened there years ago, I wouldn't be in here. Well, I said, if God's so powerful, why doesn't he wave a magic wand across me and change my life? Why doesn't he knock down these prison walls and send me back to my family? I was blaming God for everything when he said, Price, here's another one for you. And I said, I don't want to hear it. Keep it to yourself. And I took a blanket, wrapped it around my ears, and put my hands over the outside of that blanket right over my ears, thinking that I wouldn't hear him, but I could still hear his muffled voice. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And for the first time in my life, I counted the cost of sowing and reaping. Suddenly I began to think, maybe there is a God. Maybe there is a heaven. Maybe there is a hell. And uh, if there is, then I have not reaped all that I'm going to reap. And suddenly I began to listen. I wanted to hear the old man read more. Something happened on the inside of me. My heart felt like a weighted ton. 
pressed down the pit of my stomach until I wished that I was dead. The guilt was upon me. I didn't know what it was back then. I do today. Call it Holy Spirit conviction. But I was very miserable. I had no peace, no joy, no happiness, and I had that guilt trip upon me. And I said something like this. No one heard me, but I said, when I get out of this hole, I'm going to the chapel and find out what this is all about. That would be unusual for me because I stood on the sidelines and when I saw others going into a chapel service and I laughed and scoffed at them and said they think that if they go in there and go down an aisle and cop out to a sky pilot, that uh, that Bible will be a ticket out of this prison. But now I was saying I'm going to go and find out what it's all about. And when I was released from solitary confinement, I lined up on a Sunday afternoon with a group of men and started into the prison chapel. Now my buddies standing on the sideline heckled me. They gave me the business. Look at old Price. He's been in the hole for a few days, and he's gotten religion. Somebody said, can't you see the halo over his head? And someone said, he's John the Baptist. And another one said, I know he is because he's all wet. And I almost dropped out of the line listening to the crowd. That peer pressure, that's what it's called today. God said in Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man bringeth a snare. I was a grown man. I'd been through a war. And now I was listening to the crowd standing on the sideline, and I almost dropped out of the line and fell back in with the crowd. But I went on in. And that day, I heard a man stand on the platform telling how that Jesus Christ hung between two thieves. And one thief railed upon him and said, If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross, save thyself and save us. And the evangelist that day said, Jesus Christ did not respond to that if and said he'll never respond to yours. I thought about that. Had not this insignificant creature the dust said a few days before, if there's a God in heaven, let him wave a magic wand across me and change me? Why didn't he knock down these prison walls and send me back to my family if there is a God? And then the man on the other side of Jesus, another thief, rebuked that thief and said, Dost thou not fear God, seeing that we are in the same condemnation? And we're receiving our just dues. This man has done nothing wrong. And he looked upon Jesus and said, Lord, wilt thou remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom? And he said, Jesus Christ responded immediately and said, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. He said, Even as God saved the dying thief hanging to a cross, he could save any man in prison that day. Well, I didn't understand all that language that he was talking about, but I knew there was a desire in me that I needed what he was talking about. If what he had said was true, then God could take me and make me a new man. He could make me a new father for my children and a new husband to my wife. And suddenly I wanted what he was talking about as he gave an invitation for men to come forward. But this thought went through my mind. I'll wait till I get out of this prison. I'll go to a church someplace. I'll sit way in the back row. I'll read the Bible all the way through. And when I really know what I'm doing, then I'll make that decision. That seemed logical to me. But the old evangelist wasn't through, and neither was the Holy Spirit. The evangelist came down from the platform and stood upon the front pew. I never saw a man weep like that before in my life and plead with men to come to Jesus Christ. He said, some of you men are great procrastinators. You're putting this off. And I'm here to tell you that you're dealing with life and death. The Spaniards have a saying, the road of by and by leads to the house of never. And uh, I was listening. I was a procrastinator, all right. And I really wanted what he was talking about. 
and I was about ready to step out and go down the aisle, and the devil put up his last stand in my life. He said, you've gone too far. You've crossed over. There is no hope. And I thought about that. If there was no hope for me, then I never could be the right kind of a father to my children. I never could be the right kind of a husband to my wife. I never could fit back in society. No hope? Oh, I don't know if I could make you feel the, the hopelessness that I had that day, the hopelessness. And uh, I, I felt miserable on the inside. And if there was no hope for me, I never could be the right kind of a father to my children. I never could be the right kind of a husband to my wife. Would I die and be incarcerated in the prison house of hell forever? No hope? And then the evangelist gave those verses that I gave you in the beginning. And the one that stands out is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How could God love me? I couldn't love myself. How could anyone else love me? And yet that day the Spirit of God got across to me that God loved me. And suddenly I responded as the blind daughter of the evangelist began to sing. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. And down an aisle I went in the best way I knew how in the street language. I said, swim, sink, or die. It's all the way with you, God, all the way with you. Whatever it is that you do to a man, do it to me. Take charge of my thinking and cause me to think right. And my eyes that they might see right. And my ears they might hear right. And that my tongue might speak right. And these hands which are so prone to take that which does not belong to me, take charge of those and guide my feet in your steps. Whatever it is, do it to me today. And a man moved alongside of me and took me through the scriptures. And that day when I arose from my knees, I knew that I was a new man in Christ. I began to think different. Why, before that time, John Dillinger, Pretty Boy Floyd, Babyface Nelson, Al Capone, men like that. That was the image for my life. They were my ideal. But that day, 37 years ago, Jesus Christ became the ideal of my life. And I want to learn more about him. The one who never told a lie in his life, one who never stole anything in his life, never murdered anyone, the one who loved this whole world and gave his life for it. I want to be more like that one. I'm glad today for the gospel. And there's a poem that comes to my mind as I bring this to the close. The touch of the master's hand. It was battered and scarred, and the auctioneer thought it scarcely worth his while to waste much time on the old violin, but he held it up with a smile. What am I bid, good folk, he cried. Who'll start the bidding for me? A dollar? Two dollars, only two, and who'll make it three? Three dollars? Three dollars once, three dollars twice, going? But no, from the room far back, a gray-haired man came forward, picked up the old violin, wiped the dust, tightened the loosened strings, and played a melody pure and sweet as caroling angels sing. The music ceased, and the auctioneer, in a voice that was quiet and low, said, what am I bid now for the old violin as he held it up by the bow? A thousand dollars? Who'll make it two? Two thousand, who'll make it three? Three thousand, three thousand once, three thousand twice, going and gone, said he. The people cheered, but some of them cried. We do not understand. What change is worth? Swiftly came the reply, the touch of the master's hand. And many a man and woman with a life out of tune and battered and scarred with sin is auctioned off cheap to the thoughtless crowd, much like the old violin, a mess of pottage, a glass of wine, a game, he travels on. 
She's going once, he's going twice, and almost gone. Then there comes the touch of the master's hand, and the foolish crowd never can quite understand the worth of a soul in the change that's wrought by the touch of the master's hand. Aren't you glad that we got a master that can touch your life and put it in tune? Are you without purpose in life? Do you really need purpose and mean a meaningful life? Then put your hand and your life in the master's hand and let him give you purpose and real meaning. What a wonderful poem. What a wonderful thought. The master's hand. The master's hand changed Don Price's life. The master's hand carved him out of a rude piece of clay, a broken piece of pottery, and made something fit for his use, for the master's use. So many have come to Christ as a result of the story told through Transform, the gospel tract that tells Don Price's story. I'd encourage you today, go to BibleTracksInc.org and order some of this gospel tract if you would. I want to thank you so much for tuning in all this week. I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me by text at this phone number. You ready? Text me at 309-316-7240. Again, that's 3 309- zero nine three one six seven two four zero have a great day for his glory we'll talk to you soon god bless